Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you been in the hospital recently? You know, if you have either as a patient or visiting someone you love, it's often not the most exciting or pleasing environment to be in. And a lot of people get intimidated. They get scared. There's always thoughts of needles and procedures and things that might be painful and things that might hurt. But there are some ways to make the hospital experience much more pleasant than it generally is. And there are some new modalities that really help and have been shown when you look at people and experiencing pain and you look at some of the other statistics where they look at the duration of hospital stay and patients experience during their hospitalization. There are some great things out there that are often not done in hospitals in a traditional sense, but we have some guests today who are going to tell us about an innovative program at Queens Medical Center that's really trying to look at providing these services services to patients while they're in the hospital. Today, I'm joined at the table by Christina Ford. She is a nurse, certified holistic nurse and Reiki master, and also Dana Monday, who is a nurse with a doctorate of nursing practice in integrative nursing, Reiki master, massage therapist, certified holistic nurse, and learning healing touch. They both do energy work for patients in the hospital. And we're going to talk today about what this means and what are some of the ways that this can help people with their experience of being hospitalized. It's not something everybody wants to do. For those of you who are familiar with hospitals, and I, I spent my career in them, you know, it seems like it's an okay place to be, but even I don't like to hear about or to go places where they need to do blood draws and IVs and painful stuff. So it's not something that is uh, unusual, for even for medical professionals, to want to try and make hospital stays something more pleasant for everyone. So thank you, ladies, for joining me in the studio today. Thank you, Dr. Kozak, for having us. Now... Dana, let's start with you. Integrative nursing. It sounds like something that people may not have a complete understanding of. What is the difference between traditional nursing and what does integrative nursing bring to the table? Well, nurses are pretty um, amazing. We'll start pretty with that. amazing. Okay. Yes, absolutely. But nurses tend to be integrative um, in their approach in general. So I, I don't want to separate out necessarily what most nurses are doing in their practice. But integrative nursing, integrative as a term, really means um, bringing together all the different parts of um, what we used to call complementary and alternative practices and uh, our traditional medical model um, so that you're, the patient is really getting the best uh, care that they can get from all the different traditions. So that would be um, massage and healing touch, and we offer um, aromatherapy and reflexology, different kinds of modalities, just to help patients be more comfortable while they're receiving their medical care in a traditional medical model in America. So this is in addition to the reason why they're in the hospital, whether it be a cancer diagnosis, pneumonia, broken hip recovery from surgery, it's not replacing the usual care that they get, but it's in addition to adding on top of. Right, exactly. Um, we're very careful to um, to support the patient where they're at and in their process because they've chosen to come to the hospital for the care that we can provide there. And um, so we would never try to dissuade someone from any of that kind of care. But we just, uh, what we try to do is help to um, 
increase the relaxation factor in um, in their care because we know that that actually helps people heal faster and better um, if they're if they can relax while they're trying to heal. Well, and I've always wondered why massage therapists are not ubiquitous in all hospitals because, you know, I know when I've gone for a massage, you feel really good after that. And hospital beds are oh so comfortable. And I'm kidding. So, you (laughs) know, it's not it's not a place where you often go to get rest. Four o'clock in the morning, they wake you up. They check your weight. If that's not upsetting, I don't know what else (laughs) would be upsetting. They check your blood pressure. They check all these vital signs. And I know it's medically important, and I'm not discounting that. But in general, hospitals are not the most restful places to be. So it certainly makes sense that if somebody is in the hospital, whether voluntarily or through an accident or for whatever reason, that we try and make it as pleasant as possible. Christina, what sort of things have you seen in the practice that you have? Do you have a story of a of a patient who received some of these treatments and did better, maybe needed less pain medication or maybe had a good experience and helped them with their healing? Absolutely. Um, so many patients to choose from. Many, we work with, you know, like you said, patients who maybe have just gotten diagnosed with cancer, who have come in, um, you know, with a pain. They're, you know, 10 out of 10, extreme pain. Uh, we're consulted through a physician's order, and we come in and assess the patient, where they are, what, um, where they can improve, and we can provide, you know, a 15-minute foot massage with some guided meditation, if they're open to it, can um, greatly reduce, reduce their risk and basically, like Dana said, increase their relaxation to promote healing. Well, and, you know, foot massages are fabulous. I mean, a lot of times people just think, as people get older, sometimes they can't reach their feet. And I've seen this with, you know, my, my dad and other patients that that I see in my practice. And because they can't reach their feet, they certainly can't massage their feet. And feet are one of the areas where people can have a lot of discomfort and pain. Getting up to walk around is something that's difficult. You know, you might be tethered to IVs and various different things in a hospital, or you might need some assistance, or you might just have had surgery and have pain to do it. So some of the things that you mentioned would be, if someone, if a physician consults you, then you would you would show up, you would assess the patient, you would see what their needs may be, and then looking at what your toolbox is, some of the different services you can provide, offer that to them. Now, this started off as a smaller type of practice in the hospital. Has it grown over the last couple of months to years? Um, it has. We started uh, as a grant um, in uh, the cardiac department only, and so we spent a good number of years just um, in that department and mostly caring for open-heart surgery patients and um, and other cardiac patients. And then in 2014, um, we got the go-ahead to um, see anyone in the hospital. We um, And we, at that point, made the decision not to include um, labor and delivery and postpartum and inpatient psychiatry because those are pretty specialized units. Um, but we see any other patient um, in the hospital since 2014 and our... Um, yeah, our our uh, our load has grown exponentially since then. Um, we've uh, we get consults from every every different patient population that that we service in the hospital. Yeah. 
Well, and it makes sense that it started out in cardiology because if you look at some of the new things that have come out, you know, and maybe it's not new, but the Dean Ornish Lifestyle Program has been around for about 20 or 30 years or so. Mm -hmm. And part of that includes a whole component of stress reduction, knowing that in the cardiovascular literature, there are plenty of studies that look at high stress environments and situations that lead to heart attacks. I mean, literally direct connection. Mm -hmm. And they're now developing some of the knowledge about the neurohormonal effects of what cortisol surges can do. So we know that stress reduction and relaxation is extremely important, particularly there are studies done in the cardiac mm-hmm. uh, in environment. So looking at expanding this to all the other different services, gastroenterology, whether it be infection, pneumonia, orthopedics, it just, it just sort of lends itself to making sense yeah. that this is something that could be done. Mm-hmm. Now, both of you have some experience with Reiki. Explain to me what is Reiki. The, the definition of Reiki um, directly translated is uh, universal life energy. So basically it's, a, it's um, you know, energy work can sound kind of um, out there for a lot of people, but really um, energy is something that we experience every day. Um, so if you feel someone looking at you and then you turn around and you you know, and there is someone looking at you, or if you know who's um, gonna who's calling when you pick up the phone before you look at your screen, you know, those and you are, decide not to answer. And you, well, <laughs> yeah, you can answer or not, but um, those are those are um, and or if you just feel, you know, that when a stranger touches your shoulder versus when a loved one touches your shoulder, um, you can feel the difference there, and so um, that's kind of how I explain energy work is just. Um, just transferring positive energy from wherever you believe the source of positive energy is. Um, it's not religious at all, so it can be, um, it's compatible with any religion. Um, and so we're just transferring positive energy for your body to use in, in whatever way it feels fit. And what we're really trying to do in the hospital setting when we do this is to help promote relaxation, pain relief, um, symptom management, anxiety relief, stuff like that. Well, there's no side effects, so that sounds good. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the here in the studio, and I am here joined by Christina Ford and Dana Monday. They are both spearheading an effort at Queens Medical Center to provide some complementary and alternative treatments in addition to conventional treatments in an integrative, holistic fashion right here in Honolulu. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what a evaluation might entail and what some of the specific services that they may be able to provide. And And why, if you're ever a patient at Queen's Medical Center, you might just want to say, I want to see these guys. I want to see them now for a foot massage right now. But we're we're on air. All right. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today I am talking with some integrative health professionals. We're talking about what are some of the ways that looking at additional benefits of things people can receive in the hospital can help them to heal better and can help them to feel better, particularly when they're dealing with stressful medical events. I'm joined here in the studio 
by Christina Ford. She is a, a nurse with a certified holistic background, Reiki master, and Dana Monday. She has a doctorate in nursing practice and in integrative nursing and also works with Reiki and does massage therapy and a certified holistic nurse. And today we're talking about what some of the added benefits are of their program that they are running through Queens Medical Center. And right before the break, we were talking a little bit about Reiki and energy. And it's funny because you use the word energy and some people go, ooh, ooh that sounds a little out there. But we've all had those experiences where you kind of get a sense that you walk into a room and, you know, if, if – and I've seen it in my own – even in my own office. If I'm having a great day and in a good mood, all of my staff are going to be okay. If I come in really upset at traffic or mad because I'm late or bringing some sort of negativity, within about 10 minutes, everyone else feels it knows it, and then all of a sudden things are going to get worse and snowball during the day. So, you know, it's it's more than just an attitude, but it's also what you bring to the table. So for somebody who might be in the hospital and not doing well, bringing them some sort of positive energy, it's, you know, we talk about side effects. Well, there aren't any, only benefits. And so these are some things that can be added for someone who might be in the hospital, who's having a hard time, or even who might be there just for a short period of time to help their stay get them better, and also give them some tools for healing. Now, uh, Christina, you talked a little bit about this evaluation. So let's just say, let's kind of walk through one of these. Let's say you get consulted for a particular individual and they're in the hospital. And for whatever reason, you, you can pick a reason. What is the process of evaluating them? What sort of things do you do to try and see what the benefits might be or what you could provide? First... We would evaluate the patient, basically just come in and um, the patients are, are usually somebody's coming in to draw their blood, to do some sort of something that they, that you know, could. That they don't like. They don't like. I mean, you know, it's you not know? like it's a bad thing. Right. But nobody's out there saying, draw my blood, please. Can yes. you poke me five times? <laughs> I mean, maybe they are, but not nobody I know of. So, okay. So somebody might be coming in to do some other sort of procedure that might not be pain-free. Okay. And as we come in, we introduce ourselves and really meet the patient where they are. We ask, you know, how are you doing today? How has your stay been? Uh, what's your pain level? Are you having, you know, are you having stress? Um, what do you think would enhance your healing? What kind of relaxation techniques do you have at home? You know, where... What is your home life like? And really basically talking story with them to get an idea. What do you think would help you? This is what we offer. Um, you don't have to do any of it, but we can incorporate some things if you would like. And it would, you know, it would enhance your stay. Uh, Queens provides a service free of charge. And um, that's the first thing. One of the first things sometimes is how much is it going to cost? No, this is a this is a service that Queens provides for the patients, and and then we also before we actually evaluate them, we do go over the chart. We check labs. Um, a lot of cancer patients make sure their platelets are at a certain level to so that we know what we can offer. Sure, if they have low platelets, that might need, lead to extra bruising or some exactly. other sort of a condition. So you want to be careful what you may offer them based on their medical conditions. So, you know, you mentioned some of the services, and we've, we've talked briefly about those. But if you were to see a patient, let's just say they're there for chemotherapy or some type of cancer treatment, and their platelets are okay, mm -hmm. what sort of things might you be able to offer them? 
Absolutely. If their platelets are okay, massage where um, where they would like. You know, do they? Do you hold your tension in your shoulders? I know I do. We can offer hands, uh, feet, aromatherapy. Lavender is um, a lot of people know lavender relaxation for sleep, um, spearmint for nausea with uh, with the chemo, marjoram for pain, um, sweet orange for overall mood. I've heard sweet orange makes people happy, so I've tried to get sweet orange everything <laughs> because I'm like, I could use some happiness, particularly early in the morning. <laughs> and I really loved it when I had mock orange a bush outside my office, but that, that was taken down. I was really bummed. Mm. Loved that refreshing smell. Well, today's your lucky day because I brought you a sweet orange, and they actually, the sticks that we buy um, through the Queens Department, um, they last for um, up to three months. Wow. This place is going to smell fantastic, you guys. <laughs> and we're in the bowels of Hawaii Public Radio. It could use a little help. So so that's, you know, and a lot of people think, well, what if I, so what if I smell something? How's that going to make me feel better? But studies have actually been done that show that people have a very strong memory of smells. Um, certain smells people can remember and, you know, they may not remember exactly where they smelled it, but they feel good when they do. But there's also some science behind it that it really can elicit some response. We know lavender can help people to relax. It might elicit some of the more relaxing neurotransmitters and different hormonal aspects that the body can produce in response to that. So that there could be some different aromatherapy that you mentioned. And how would that be used? Is it like in a diffuser? I mean, I've seen those, you know, a little steam comes out. It looks kind of cute. Or would it be like in an oil or do they apply it? We actually have... um Transition to sticks. and oh, literal sticks. It looks like li- chapstick. Yeah, it looks like a, a chapstick. It's a essential oil inhaler. And so once you uncap it, you um, and we teach the patient um, basically to hold it in front of their nose and then take those at least three deep breaths. And a lot of what we do is teaching patients how to breathe. Very important. Very, that deep breathing. Deep breathing. Absolutely. And, you know, if a patient's in a cervical collar, um, if the patient's intubated and can't really hold the stick, we've had family members hold it. We've, I've had a patient who we've had uh, the spearmint for nausea taped to the cervical collar on the right, and she loved orange, so we had orange taped to the left. They can use it, um, you know, as they like, as much as they like, and what's better than a you know, a nice smell in a hospital room. Yeah, because there's a definite lack of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's (laughs) not the most. And, you know, you can actually get, and and I this this may not be along the same lines, but sometimes eucalyptus is used. And I know, boy, when I've had allergy attacks and I've just been congested beyond belief, a nice deep breath of eucalyptus, fabulous. It's the basis of Hall's. Mentholiptus. It's something that for people who go, aromatherapy, what's that going to do? You don't realize you might be using it already and you weren't even aware of it. Well, and um, can I just jump in about we are also really big into aromatherapy safety because there are, um, you know, it's it's getting pretty widespread and pretty mainstream that folks use 
aromatherapy, and there are companies out there who promote using it in ways that we would not recommend. Um, so in the hospital, we don't apply it topically just to make sure that um, nobody has a reaction to anything. We certainly don't ingest it, and we don't recommend that anyone ingests um, essential oils because um, the safety of that has not been proven, and um, there are definitely um, those who recommend. And we don't use diffusers also because... Um, a lot of people are sensitive to smell in the hospital, and That's so true. we wouldn't want to um, spread it everywhere and have yeah. somebody else not do well. Yep, exactly. So um, that's one part of being an integrative nurse is that we know the evidence behind things and we know how to apply these um, modalities safely. Yeah, so my diffuser idea, bad plan. <laughs> bad no. plan. Someone else isn't going to like that smell. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio, joined by integrative health professionals Christina Ford and Dana Monday. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more about the science behind some of the services they provide and how this is something that, you know, might just be a Queens Medical Center now, but hopefully will come to many other medical centers here in Hawaii as time goes on. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here in the studio learning about how some of my ideas, like diffusers, not a good plan. (laughs) But, you know, I'm here with some fabulous professionals at Queens Medical Center. Christina Ford, she is a nurse with certified, she's a certified holistic nurse and Reiki master. And Dana Monday, she has a doctorate in integrative nursing. She also is a Reiki master, massage therapist, and a certified holistic nurse, also learning some healing touch. And they both do energy work. Now, before the break, we were talking about The concept of aromatherapy, how is it safe to use and why in a hospital you'd want to make it a personal type of treatment as opposed to my idea, which might not be so good, diffusing it everywhere because certain smells may be sensitive to certain people. So I'm glad that you brought that up because in your experience, you've known that that's don't do that. So good that I'm not in charge of (laughs) of diffusers because I might just make everybody smell like my happy orange and they might not all like it. So now you've done... uh, Dana, you've done some extensive studies in the use of these type of modalities. What sort of things have you learned? Um, well, so when we started, we had a very uh, a kind of a nice, clean population of open heart surgery patients. So we were able to look at some of their outcomes. We looked at um, patient satisfaction, there some comments that they made post-discharge, and um, we also looked at the amount of pain medication that they used when they were in the hospital compared to a um, uh, historical um, control. So, um, and we found that the patients who received our services um, received about 20% or a little over 20% less opioid pain medications when they're during their hospital stay. Um, So, that's huge these days because everyone's talking about reducing the use of opioids, trying not to have people get side effects from them. Mm-hmm. Constipation is a side effect, not being so alert. And then there's always the risk of dependence. So if your therapies looked at and found 20% less use of opioids, that's that's huge. Yeah. So we were pretty excited to find um, to find such a robust uh, you know finding for the study. And, it, and we felt that um, because it was such a homogenous group, the open heart surgery patients, it's, you know, it's, and that's a pretty big invasive surgery too. Yeah, and so and and one that 
it's going to be expected that you're going to have some pain medication needs afterwards. Um, so we didn't, of course, eliminate the pain medication. But we, we also, um, interestingly, didn't do anything to discourage patients from using pain medication. Sometimes we would even come in and we'd find the, the patients gritting their teeth and refusing pain medication because they were afraid of it. And so we would actually educate them that, you know, there are, pro- there are appropriate applications for pain medication. So, um, so really our modalities, we felt like, are really what caused that um, that change, that um, decrease. Well, and it's wonderful because everybody's looking at trying to find ways to decrease opioids. And if this is an area that you've done the research and done the studies, it's another thing to look at. Now, both of you work in this department at Queens, and I realize it's small because this is a service that's offered uh, for free to patients, and hopefully at some point will be a reimbursable service as people look at the decreased length of hospital stay, the decreased utilization of pain medication, et cetera. Where would you like to see this in the future? Let's project in the next five years. What would you like to see happen to what you do now, and how would you like to see that grow? You know what I would I've um, I've been working with this department for about eight years now, and um, my vision has always been that we offer it to every patient on admission, uh, because so often we do hear you know. It's word of mouth, you know, so if a patient knows about it from a previous hospitalization or if uh, the staff are aware of our services, then they'll recommend. But um, uh, often we come in and the patient's been there a month already, and they they said, where have you been for the last month that I could have used you? Like working really hard uh, around the corner. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, not using diffusers because <laughs> that was a bad idea that Kozak had. Okay, got it. I'm not trying to scold you, Dr. Kozak. No, I'm scolding myself because when I think about it, I'm like, why would I think that was a good idea? Oh, no. Anyway, okay. So, so something might have been there for a while. So having it be more of a ubiquitous service available to patients on admission so they're given knowledge about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and also to expand to the, the populations that we don't currently cover. I'd love to be able to be there for women in labor and for postpartum um, and, uh, and our um, inpatient mental health. Yeah. Christina, how about you? I think we would love to expand to create a service to for the nurses, the aides, all the staff of Queens to really, you know, the physicians, nurse practitioners to um, help them with relaxation as we're all running around. Well, you think they need to be relaxed. Yeah, exactly. And really offer um, the employees and the teams of Queens um, these services that, you know, Kind of start at the top, and if they experience it and do well, they'll be more likely to recommend it for their patients. Yes, and I believe that everybody, you know, if they would like a massage or some aromatherapy, it can brighten your day, and it can make your day, and and really, um, you know, everybody works really hard at Queens, and I, I think, you know, for staff meetings, we could provide education and then um, go from there. Well, and it sounds like you're going to need more people. We do. <laughs> Definitely need more people. Has Queens been supportive of some of the work that you've been able to do? Absolutely. We have great support from Pain and Palliative. We work closely with Pain and Palliatives. All of the, all of the physicians are very supportive. The nurses, um, you know, any anyone can recommend us from the nurses' aides to housekeeping. I mean, it's we feel very supported. 
through Queens for this uh, service that we provide that the patients benefit from um, immensely. And we also teach patients uh, wellness. We teach them skills that they can bring into after they get discharged, um, maybe during the middle of the night when we're not there, you know, things that they can do to um, to have control and to alleviate, you know, giving them tools in their toolbox to help themselves. Sure. Some of the deep breathing, some of the visualization, some of those types of things. It certainly sounds like it's a fantastic service. Now, it's available right now only at Punchbowl. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So expanding could include Queens West, mm-hmm. could include other facilities that Queens is associated with. And it sounds like there might be some other modalities you could add. Maybe at some point acupuncture, mm-hmm. more massage and or acupressure, and even some of the other modalities that might not be included just yet. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd love to be able to offer. Well, the vision is there. Let's hope that the reality is that this happens on short order. Because I know if I'm ever in the hospital, I'm calling you guys. And and you're going to bring me something that will help me feel better and teach me some of those skills that I certainly could learn. All right. I want to thank you for joining me today and sharing your expertise on The Body Show. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kozak. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you right here next week on The Body Show. See you then. Mm-hmm.